I want to thank Brother Brother Kenneth Copeland and Miss Gloria and the Copeland family and the Pearsons and all the great staff. Uh, it is just one of the high honors of my life to be a part of this great meeting. I say that with the utmost sincerity. It just, I was thinking 45 years ago, I was out trying to round up the cows on our tiny little dairy farm and uh, knew nothing about the ministry or, or any of that and how the Lord has been so gracious to me and to us and add to you. And one time I asked him about this because I, Phyllis and myself, my wife and myself have been so blessed and privileged and favored to be in so many good meetings, to hear so many good messages. I mean, thousands of the best messages you've ever heard. And, and there are people on the planet that have never heard one good faith message. Which is why, thank God for ministries like this that are sending it on every available voice. That is the Great Commission. But I asked the Lord, I said, you know, why us? We're just, just young, ignorant, little country people. I mean, why, why have we been favored so much to even get to know some of these great men and women of God and be around such? And uh, I didn't get the answer that day, but the Lord brought back to me the first words we heard about faith and being redeemed and I got so excited about it and I tried to share it with our friends and they, they wondered what the big to-do was about. They, th they thought, you know, they wouldn't listen to it at first and then they said, well, uh, they listened to part of it and they didn't know if they went for all of that. And You ever heard that before? And uh, the Lord, because he's answering my question, I said, why us? And the Lord said to me, and he spoke to my heart, not an audible voice, he said, I knew you would value it. Come on, did you hear that or not? I, I knew you would value it. If you value it, he'll give you more. Hallelujah. And if you keep valuing it, he'll just keep giving you more and more and greater and better. If you ever stop valuing it, then that's where it cuts off. To, to him that's given shall more be given. And uh, the Bible talks about how you esteem it, how you hear it, what measure you meet to it, that's how it'll be measured back to you again. And I'm looking at a bunch of people that obviously value the wonderful, holy, life-changing Word of God. People don't know why, why we do what we do. We, we take time off. We, we pay money. We, we fly across the country. We stand in line and people go, what is wrong with these people? Now, the same thing should be wrong with you. If you ain't like us, you need to get like us. Because we have found out. We have found the answer. Would you look with me in Romans, please, the 10th chapter? And you're believing with me for utterance, aren't you? Yeah. And I have the great privilege of ministering more than once Amen. in this great meeting. And so if uh, I'm, I'm thinking we'll continue along the same lines, so we'll build. And uh, you'll hear some scriptures you've heard before, but don't imagine that you know all there is to know about it. Hmm? Do you understand there are things in your favorite verses that you've heard 5,000 times that you have never seen before? Is that right? So you must not read it or hear it like you know it, but you've got to remind yourself, there's things here I hadn't seen. So everybody said out loud, Lord, open my eyes to see things from these words that I have not seen. In Romans 10 and 13, he said, Whosoever shall call 
upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, doesn't matter where you come from. How then shall they call on him in, uh, in whom they have not believed? The answer is they can't. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And the answer is, they can't. Now, verse 14 is directly connected to verse 17. If I asked you the question, how do you get faith? Oh man, see? Huh? This is one thing faith people think they know. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it's like we just got through saying a moment ago you got to watch about thinking you know. <laughs> now, of course, you're right, but you'll see as I go what I'm talking about. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. Uh Hearing, and we'll look at the rest of it in just a moment, but isn't that what he's saying right here in verse 14? How shall they believe if they haven't heard? You, You can't, and you won't. There is no believing without hearing. There's no faith, no believing without hearing which is one of the big reasons why we all want to come and hear because that's that's how faith comes and he goes on to say uh, how shall they hear without a preacher I know some years ago when I, I was first going to uh, Rama Bible Training Center a friend of mine and both of us, if you'd looked at us a few years before, you'd have thought we were unlikely candidates to wind up in the ministry. But he went to a seminary, and I went to Rama. just the mercy and grace of God. But he was getting his doctorate in uh, theology. And I, I wasn't into some of the things that he was finding out about. And so when we talked, which wasn't very often, I asked him, you know, what's, what's going on? What's he learning? And that kind of thing. And so he kind of took me to task one time, but there was a project going on. Brother Jim Caseman and their ministry was getting a bunch of Brother Kenneth E. Hagen Sr.'s books into different languages and getting them actually into countries where they weren't supposed to be. And there was a substantial project going on, money being spent and effort being spent. And, and this young man asked me, he wasn't part of our faith camp, if you want to call it that. He said, why were we spending that money on that instead of Bibles? Hmm. Y'all are quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were sending a man's books instead of Bibles. We could have been buying and paying for a bunch of Bibles. The scripture said, how shall they hear without a Bible? Huh? How shall they hear without a Bible? That ain't what it said. Could it have said that if the Lord had wanted to say that? Could have said that. Huh? That's right. Come on. Y'all are a good bunch, man. I tell you what, I, fella can't preach to y'all. He needs his preaching license pulled. I mean, this is easy peasy. Uh, have you ever read in your Bible a verse five times, ten times, twenty times, and then you heard somebody preach it, and you thought, "Oh my." Yeah. That's been in there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Why? It was the anointing 
on the preaching that actually caused you to hear. Oh. He said, how will they believe unless they hear? They can't. They won't. But what we need to remind ourselves of is that you can hear and not hear. Is that true? Yes. So what kind of hearing is he talking about? Not just sound waves bouncing off your eardrums. That is not how faith comes. Just because you heard it, you heard the sounds of it, you heard the words of it, does not mean faith came. You can hear and not hear. You can see and not see. You can hear and see and not understand. Didn't Jesus talk about this? He said, uh, how will they hear without a preacher? That's why preachers are necessary. God has ordained that it be this way. That he uses men and women that are called and anointed, and it's not the human personality, it's the anointing. It's the anointing that causes you to see and hear, and that's one of the things that makes a meeting like this so valuable, is all of us bring our faith together, unified, combined faith, and then that that is that actually enhances the anointing that's on the ministry gifts. There are things that will come on and come through that you just don't hear and get everywhere. And in the environment, that's like Brother uh, Brother Copeland was talking just a moment ago. Uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. In this uh, protracted, uh, just soaking of this anointing, just in this presence, you start seeing things. Yes. Even things that weren't said. That's true. Even things that weren't specifically mentioned. I mean, things about the body, things about the country, things about your life personally. You just start seeing things. When I say see, I don't mean you fall into a trance or you have an open vision, but in, in your mind's eye, in your heart, you just start, things just start coming together for you. And it's not because you're figuring them out, it's the anointing. I said it's the anointing. And we are in the anointing right now. Right here. Right now. Even this secular facility is sanctified for the Lord's exclusive use this week and has become a container of the anointing. His presence is in this place and in his presence there is fullness of joy there is every question answered every need met in his presence in his presence ha huh, thank you lord and it's his it's his anointing that enables us to hear. You can hear and not hear. So what kind of hearing is the Lord talking about? Because he he would say the disciples would come sometimes afterwards and ask him to explain to them what he had said in public. And, um, And he would say, and sometimes he would say to him that has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, most of them had appendages on the side of their head. And most of them had the ability to hear and understand of the words. So what's he talking about? It's a heart thing. You hear with your heart. And the condition of your heart 
affects your ability to hear. An unwilling heart makes a deaf spiritual ear. A willing heart makes a hearing ear. But even at that, you need the Lord's help to hear. You need his anointing to hear. The scripture said you have an, first John said you have an unction of the Holy One and you know all things. How do I know? Knowing is not something you figured out. You didn't know it and now you do. You know it. How, you know, and that's why don't frustrate yourself if somebody is not seeing what you're talking about in the word or something that the Lord's shown you. You cannot reveal it to them. You cannot. No man or woman of God, no believer, you can't do it. Unless the Holy Spirit, who is the anointing, unless He reaches inside and turns on the light, they won't see it. You can wrestle, you can argue, you can exhaust your vocabulary. I see a bunch of heads nodding because you've tried it before. And I understand your motivation, but sometimes you can actually get in the way doing that. And people get irritated with you and get kind of opposed to listening to him. You don't want to do that. So just when you see folks don't want to hear it, smile, ask them about the weather, back off, right? But don't give up. You're trusting the Holy Spirit to show them. Answer your prayers and you know you're not the only one he can use. You ask him to send laborers across their path that he knows they listen to. Because not everybody's ready for you. And you know what I mean by that. A lot of times, just because you're family. Just because you're family, it's just because it's you. Even if they know it's right, they don't want to admit that you were right. (laughs) That's fine. Let let somebody else tell them. And then when they come tell you, you act surprised. Wow, really? Praise God. (laughs) You don't have to be in charge of everything. And what will happen is the Lord will use you to minister to other people's family. And so the situation stands. How it's supposed to, to work. He said, verse 17, So then, based on what we already just read, faith comes by what? Hearing. But then he didn't, that would have been adequate to to tell us how it comes but it didn't stop there and hearing by the word of God now here the King James may not be quite enlightening enough for us the word God is the word for Christ Christ And the word for word is rhema. Rhema. Oftentimes you'll see the word for word New Testament, logos. That's a wonderful and amazing word. But uh, far lesser times you'll see the word rhema. And yes, that's the name that Brother Hagin's Bible School is. And there's a reason for that. Rhema. It's also where the Bible said taking uh, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. That's rhema. Rhema. And it, it, it indicates a spoken utterance. A spoken expression. So you can say it like this. Faith comes by hearing. And the, that, that hearing that produces faith is the hearing of the uh, Christos Rhema. 
the hearing of the anointed spoken utterance. Y'all with me? I'm going to say some things that you're going to have to stay with me for just a moment. But faith doesn't come by reading your Bible. Unless you heard from him while you were doing it. Come on, are you with me or not? Faith doesn't come by going to a meeting and hearing preachers. Unless, unless during that you heard from him. Y'all with me or not? You heard from him. When you hear from him at that same moment, faith is there. It comes with, comes with that anointed word. And the Lord's been dealing with me for a, a, a few years now. Faith camp, word and faith people, that's my people. You. And, but, we've been around long enough now to create our own traditions. And uh, the Lord's been pointing out to me for myself, first of all, and then to be aware as a teacher and minister, we've been using phrases far too loosely. Like, I'm believing. I'm believing for. I'm believing that. And we've been using too loosely... God told me. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord told me. Did he? Hmm? (laughs) Are y'all okay? (laughs) I'm believing for. I'm believing that. I've had a number of people to me through the years come up and say, I'm believing that this happens in your life. Really? First I'm hearing about it. Right? (laughs) Does what I think matter in my life? I'm believing that this is going to happen. Is everybody awake? I'm believing for this. I'm believing that. I'm believing that this. Listen, based on what? You're believing it based on what? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We are to live by faith. That means living by hearing from Him. Every day. Because that is the source and the basis of our faith. It's what you have heard from Him. For you. And when people say, well... What do I do about this situation? Well, just stand on the Word. It's a big book. <laughs> right? What, what are we talking about here? Just get your concordance and, and find a few and pick one. Is that a rhema? Is that how faith comes? Is by study? He could have said faith comes by study. Yeah. Faith doesn't come by study. Unless. 
unless during that study you hear from him. Right? You hear from him. And, and, and it doesn't work. People have tried to do it many, many times. We're going to look at it, I think, as we go. But you can't just take what somebody else heard from him and say, I'm going to stand on that. That's how you fall. That's how you come up short and have problems. We have had too many situations in our camps where people said things and confessed things and they didn't come to pass. Hmm? We've had too many situations where people were claiming things and they didn't happen. People prayed prayers and they didn't happen. And that hurts your faith. I said that hurts your faith. When, when you confess, confess, confess and it doesn't happen and then you do it again and do it again and the last 10 times you did it and nothing happened by time 11 what are you expecting to happen you see what I'm saying and so depending on what the situation is some situations not that big a deal others life and death and so if you Say, I'm believing for something, and it didn't happen. And it's something that meant the world to you, you thought. Uh, For one thing, the things we think are so mega important down here, it's not having an eternal perspective. Somebody said, yeah, but they died. Dying is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Dying without Jesus. Now that is the worst thing that can happen to you. But if you're a believer, not even close to the worst thing that can happen to you. (laughs) Heaven is real. Eternity is real. Going to be with the Lord is real. Far better than being here. I've had people say, well, but what if, what if I die trying to believe God? You don't want to die any other way, baby, than trying to believe God. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to die doubting God. <laughs> and and I know there are going to be so many situations that people they they thought they were praying right. They thought they were believing right and it didn't work and they went home early and, and they saw the Lord and they said, Lord, I was trying to believe you. He said, I know, baby. Come here. Come here. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll hug you and, and you'll forget what you're even concerned, concerned about. Yeah. You're like, oh, what do I care? I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. And then for the next several hundred years, just ever so often, you'll go, oh, that's why. Oh, no wonder. Oh. But down here right now, we see dimly, darkly, right? We, so much we don't understand and see. And if you pray and it didn't happen, if you say and it didn't come to pass, there's a couple of ways you can respond. You can get mad at God. You can get mad at God and go, well, if he wasn't there when I needed him most, then I don't have anything for him. You can quit going to church, quit praying. You can say, there's nothing to that faith stuff. I'm done with that. Everything's up to God anyhow. Does me no good to even try. And that will leave you bitter. And that bitterness can affect other people. It's contagious and contaminates. And the problem is, 
You won't receive good things and victories and miracles from then on. You are done. Or, or, you could say, Father, you don't fail. Ever. So I must have done something wrong. I must have missed it somewhere. And I'm going to reaffirm my faith and say, I trust you in life. I trust you in death. I'll trust you no matter what I see or don't see or understand or don't understand. I'm going nowhere. I'm with you. My soul follows hard after you. I am stuck to you. And you'll explain it to me later. <laughs> but I ain't going nowhere. But Lord, show me what I need to see. Help me out with what I need to see. Hallelujah. Y'all okay? Go to First uh, Timothy, please. First Timothy 1. How many would affirm God does not fail? Would you affirm that? And his word cannot fail. And real faith in God does not fail. Yes or no? In 1 Timothy 1 and verse 4. He said, don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. If you're you're listening to stuff and watching stuff that just leaves you with a bunch of unanswered questions, stop that. Right? That's not a sign of intelligence that you can ask a bunch of questions. You still don't know the answer. Come on. God's word gives you answers. He said, verse 5, Now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unfeigned. Sit out loud, faith unfeigned. And that's connected to a good conscience. Your conscience. The conscience is the part of your being that you, that you hear from God through. This knowing. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. And you could call conscience the, the voice of your spirit. It's how you hear from Him. Not hearing voices, but this knowing. And that's connected to faith unfeigned. Now, what does that, that's a King James word, Old English word. What does that mean, unfeigned? Well, un obviously means not. Not feigned. What does feign mean? I know a number of you have different translations, but um, what does it mean? It, it means not hypocritical. It means not pretend. Not pretend is one of my favorite definitions of it. No pretense, not pretend. Is there such a thing as pretend faith? There has to be, or he wouldn't refer to not pretend. There is pretend faith. And, of course, the enemy, being the the scoundrel that he is, you know, if he couldn't keep you away from faith, he's seen that's a losing battle. You're going to keep going after it. You're going to keep going to meetings. He has to back up to another position and try to slip some counterfeit in on you. 
And especially the, the younger you are in, in faith and walking with God and the less you discern. What, what is pretend faith or you could call it phony faith? Phony faith? What is it? Well, to the unenlightened, it looks like faith. It sounds like faith. Come on, you with me? It, it looks like faith. It sounds like faith. But it's not faith. I said it's not faith. And what you see, an, another thing that covers this is what the word calls presumption. Presumption. What is presumption? Presumption is faith based on nothing. <laughs> Are y'all okay? <laughs> I care about the word. I care about faith. I don't want no stinking phony faith around me. How about you? In my life, if it's fake, I want to know it. I want to identify it, get it out. And it's not complicated at all. Tell me how faith comes. How real faith comes. It comes by hearing and you don't stop there by hearing the anointed spoken utterance. And what has happened is a number of people learned some faith principles. They learned you got to say it. They learned you got to believe you receive it before you see it. They learned having done all to stand, you got to stand. But rushed past step one. They're diligent in step two and three and four and five, but they skipped. Step one. What's step one? Come on, help. What's step one? You must hear from him. You must hear from him. That's, that's, how, that's how you get to faith. You trying to have faith apart from hearing from him is phony faith. It's pretend faith. It looks like faith. It sounds like faith. You cannot successfully separate walking by faith from hearing from God. And I'm talking about on a daily basis. You cannot. And, and you got to humble yourself and discipline yourself when people are trying to push you to believe for this or that. There are times you just need to say, well, I, I hadn't heard that from him. I'm not saying you can't believe for it. I'm not saying he can't do it. But I don't have that in my heart, right? I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. I don't have that. Because people ask you to agree yeah. With them on things, and and there oftentimes you should not. We're not playing games. We're not being religious. We do things that work, and if you do it right, it works every time. And if you're doing it and you got a fifty-fifty thing going on, you need to make some changes. You don't just throw as much as you can out there and see if some of it sticks. Some of it works. Uh, the Lord said to me some years ago, he said, son, if you'll become more selective, you'll become more effective. What does it mean by that? Become more selective in what you pray. Don't just... You know, and they're, they're Phyllis, my wife and I find, you know, we, 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 we lead churches and, and do a number. And you've got things that come up in the church and even some 
crisis type situations at times in people's lives. And you, we, we uh, discipline ourselves not to just give them a, a pat answer. If we hadn't heard from the Lord about it, we hadn't heard yet. But what do we do? We'll keep, we'll keep looking and seeking him about it. Come on, do y'all hear this or not? I'm not, I'm not ready to release my faith. I hadn't heard yet. I don't have, somebody say, well, there's, there's plenty of verses in the Bible about it. We need to rewind then. Faith doesn't come by reading. Unless, while you're doing that, you heard from him. Faith doesn't come by going through your concordance and finding all the scriptures on it. Unless, while you're doing that, he quickened one of them to you. Come on, can you see that? And he said, you can't stand on all the verses of the Bible at the same time. Can you? Of course not. So what do I stand? Which one do I stand on? You need help finding that out. You need the Lord to tell you. And he'll speak to you by his spirit and by his word, but it'll both, it'll be a quickened word. It'll be an anointed rhema to you for your situation. And when you got that, I said, when you got that, oh, when you got that, look out. When you got that, you then start saying it. Then stand on it. You see what I'm saying? But don't skip step one. One of the first times I began to learn about some of that, I was at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, and I was working on the phones, taking prayer calls. This is back 81. And... uh, a lady called, and I'd only been on the phones for three weeks. And I'm, man, I'm as green as can be. I'm, I'm still trying to find the books of the Bible and which one's in the Old Testament and the New. And green, oh boy, green. But I had learned a little bit about being led by the Spirit. One of the most precious things we've ever learned in our life. Yes, it is. And... Uh, uh, the phone rang, I picked it up, they sent a, a caller to me, and, and this lady was hysterical. Man, she was just heaving and sobbing, and I couldn't make out what she's saying. And and it took several minutes, and finally I, I understood she had just, I don't know, hour before, been mugged. She's in a big city somewhere, and some yahoo knocked her in the head and took her purse from her, and and, uh, but that wasn't what she was most upset about. But she's calling Brother Hagin's ministry. And she was most upset because she's a believer. And she confesses Psalm 91 over herself almost every day, she said. <laughs> Are y'all awake? Are y'all? Oh, yeah. Do we need to talk about these things? Yeah. Are there answers? There's answers. You don't hide. You don't shy away from things. You, you deal with them. You face them. And, and so she's crying, wanting to know how this could happen and why this could. Well, man, I, you know, I had, didn't have a clue. And back then, if people started crying because they were upset, I'd hear them for a moment, and then I'd reach and get me a tissue. And I'm, I'm going, oh, Lord. <laughs> and when they'd say, what am I going to do? I'd have to bite my lip to keep from saying, I don't know. You're, you're in a mess. I mean, you're messed up. <laughs> but that's not going to help anybody. Right? And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to minister to her. And so I'm saying, Lord, show me what. I'm checking inside myself. Lord, help me. What, what can I say? And just like this, it came from my spirit up to my mind. Uh, ask her uh, what she needed to do there that day. And did she needed to go there and what she needed to do. 
So I asked her. And she said, well, no, she didn't have to do anything there. And actually, she had had a real check about going uh, that day to that place. But she dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Huh? And no harm will come near her. That is feigned faith. That is presumption. What what do you mean, Brother Keith? And I don't think the woman was doing it, you know, just in defiance. I think a lot of most of it was ignorance. But whether it is or not, what she's doing, oh, I hope you're awake. What she's doing is trying to stand on a word for that day and situation the Lord didn't give her while ignoring direction he did give her. And if you didn't know the situation and you don't know what the Lord spoke to her heart it looks like faith. It sounds like faith. Can you see that? She's quoting the scripture. She's acting on it. But you didn't know. He checked her about going. He's telling her, if you will, something else. Now that's what happened. In uh, let's go back here in, in the scripture to Numbers fourteen. Man, we're making progress. Say it out loud if you'll be more selective. You'll be more effective. We're not supposed to say things and they don't come to pass. We're not supposed to pray prayers and, and they don't happen. We're supposed to work hand in hand with the Lord every day. And then he say, if you, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will. It'll be done for you. Hallelujah. He didn't start with you just saying what you wanted to happen. Abiding in him means living in him. This is 24-7. And his words abiding in you is not just trying to commit to memory whatever scriptures you can find. It's hearing from him all the time. And his living words living in you, then that's what's motivating and governing what you're saying. Mm. And so then what you're saying is happening. If you say what he said, he'll do what you said. But he's not obligated to back Every idea you come up with. Is he? What a mess that would be. The Lord is not obligated to fund every project you come up with. He's not. Every venture you launch into. He's Lord, not you. Come on down with me or not. He's the big boss, not you. You're not the boss. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not the boss. You're not, you are not. <laughs> we used to, we used to travel with the. Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. and Miss Aretha on their road meetings. And, and uh, sometimes we'd ride in the car with them to the service. And Phyllis, my wife, uh, sometimes she'd be in the back seat with Mom Hagin. I'd be up in the front seat with, with Brother Hagin. And uh, she'd lean up from behind the back seat and go, This is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Sing this song tonight. (laughs) She's playing, you know. 
this is the Holy Spirit. Brother Hagin thought that was just great. But finally, one night in front of a giant crowd, he was preaching and Phyllis was sitting right there. And he, he said, you know, your mother's not the Holy Spirit. And he said, and Phyllis, you're not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, I'm not the boss. And you're not the boss. We, we must not just make our plans and do our things and then make, we're going to make confessions that God's going to back it and, and bring it to pass. We must stop this. I said we must stop this. You don't just learn a few principles of faith and then launch into what you want to do. We are supposed to commune with him. Every hour of every day and every night. And in this communion with Him, we hear from Him. Yes. Is that right? Amen. I said we hear from Him. Amen. And we hear from Him about specifics. Yes. About what we're dealing with and what's going on in our life and what's coming up. And on those anointed words, those anointed things, He speaks to us. That's when our faith comes. And that's what we can stand on. And when you do that, it works every time. Every time. And no no hit and miss. You do that, it works every time. Every time. Every time. Hallelujah. Did you find uh, Numbers 14? The uh, first generation uh, that was brought out of Egyptian bondage, the God's first covenant people, they were called stubborn. They were called stiff-necked. And the Lord refers us to them in the New Testament, warning us not to duplicate it. And what you'll find is they they wouldn't listen. He he would say, go out, you know, and gather manna, but don't save any. So what would they do? They'd save it. (laughs) Then on the Sabbath, he'd say, don't go out and gather today. So what would they do? They'd go out. And now you're laughing. But God wasn't laughing. Why? And when he and see the problem is you do that on smaller things. When it comes to the bigger things, you wind up you probably do the same thing. And some things you miss it. It's not life and death. It don't alter your whole life. But some things it does. We're down here for a short window of time. You don't have decades to make up your mind about some things. You can miss a window of opportunity. And so we, we should be trained, trained, allowing the Spirit of God train us, train ourselves to be quick to believe and quick to obey. Somebody say quick to believe. Now I'm talking about believe God. Not quick to believe everybody else. Quick to believe God. And quick to obey. So they kept doing this, they kept doing this, they kept doing this. And then when he, uh, you know, sent the spies, they sent the spies into the land and he said, here is the land. It flows with milk and honey. I've picked it out for you and I have given it to you. He told them, I've given it to you. Go up and possess it. Well, the majority of the spies says, there's no way. There's no way. Giants are there, walled cities, iron chariots. And so they all cried in their tent and they said, no, we're not going. So God said, go, and what'd they say? No, No, we're not going. And they even wanted to appoint somebody in the place of Moses and Aaron to lead them back to Egypt. And boy, it irritated God. Because this was the tenth time in a row they had done this. Rebelling against him. So, 
when they flat refused to do what he said and go in, verse 25, Numbers 14, 25, he said, tomorrow turn you and uh, get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Have they heard from the Lord again now? Yeah. Tomorrow, you turn around and go into the wilderness. Somebody says, well, God, God doesn't change. He doesn't change. His will didn't change. It was still His perfect will for them to go in, but they won't listen. So now He gives them another word based on where they are right now. Turn around, go into the wilderness. So what could they have faith for now? Come on, y'all listening or not? What Can they have faith to go into the promised land now? No, they can't. He has given them another word. Tell me how faith comes. Come on here. Huh? You can't have faith in God without hearing from God. You, people are trying to do it, but it doesn't work. And you wind up with the, the pretend faith, the phony faith. What can they have faith for now? God helping them in the wilderness. And so what do you think they did? Verse 40. Huh? Verse 40. They rose up early in the morning and got them up to the top of the mountain. And they said, lo, we are here and we're going in. We're here and we're going up to the place the Lord promised us. We've sinned. Now, this sounds pretty... If you didn't hear the, the, the first part of the story, you would say, listen to that. They're repenting and they're confessing what the Lord told them and gave them. And they're saying, we're going in. You would say, sound like good faith to me. Yeah, but you didn't hear the last thing he told them. And so uh, they said, no, we're here and we're going. Well, just a few days ago, they said they're not going. Don't save the manna. No, we're going to save it. (laughs) Don't go out today. No, we're going today. (laughs) Go in the promised land. No, we can't. All right. Go in the wilderness. No, we're going in the promised land. (laughs) Now, you laughing? But we are warned in 1 Corinthians, lest we do the same thing. And you would think, well, that's just crazy. That's ridiculous. No, there are spiritual forces at work. See, there's more than, it, it does sound crazy, ridiculous. But the Lord tells you, don't eat of that fruit. On that yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, they're hanging out around a tree, yeah. looking at the fruit. Why? Because spiritual pressure is trying to push them. Now, come on, can you see that? Yeah. And he'll try to make you believe that there ain't nothing else in the world except getting some of that fruit off of that tree. Yeah. And he's doing that with them every time, and they're yielding to him. Uh, don't save it. And so there, here comes the spiritual pressure. You better save it. You better save it. You know you need to save it. Look, there's nothing out here. No grocery stores out here. You better save it. Save it. Save it. (laughs) And then Moses, the man of God, verse 41, he says, why are you going to transgress the commandment of the Lord? What commandment? He told them to turn around and go back in the wilderness. He said, it's not going to prosper. What he said. Yeah, but they're making a good confession. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going in. It's the place the Lord promised us. We're going in. And we repent for being ugly, you know, earlier. <laughs> but we're here. And we're going to do it. Because I can do all things. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Through Christ who strengthens me. 
things are possible to him that believes. <laughs> and I'm standing on the word, and I'll stand here till hell freezes. <laughs> well, <laughs> to the to the unenlightened or the uninformed about the situation. It looks like faith. It sounds like faith. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's actually blatant rebellion. Yeah. Quoting scriptures. Yeah. Blatant rebellion. Yeah. Just ignoring what you know the Lord told you to do. And deciding you're going to use your faith to do something else. And expect him to back it and be mad at him if he didn't back your rebellion. Against him. And that's really mixed up. It has happened too many times. In our camp. In our camp. And it's not for us to judge. I've made mistakes. Huh? I mean in the earliest days. Oh dear Lord. <laughs> Said things and done things. You look back now and you go, oh Lord. <laughs> I thought I was standing on the word. I, I thought I was being a faith person, but I was a baby. I didn't know. And the Lord has mercy on babies. He does. He has such mercy on babies. But as you learn and grow, he expects more. And rightfully so. And verse 42, from the man God handpicked, to lead them, he looks up in the, fa- in the face and says, don't go. Go not up because the Lord is not among you. So you won't be smitten by your enemies. Verse 44. But what? But what? <laughs> they did what? Presumed. They presumed. They presume. Now, I think we'll be able to get into this later in another time. But uh, what we must distinguish between is reasoning and revelation. Wow. That's good. Somebody say reasoning Reasoning. and revelation. revelation. You can't stand in faith on reasoning. When you say that faith comes by the anointed rhema, that, that brought revelation. And you can stand on that. But see, there's been a lot of reasoning. And see, our, our, our whole generation is, is in the information age. And education is heralded as the, the biggest thing of all. And there's a whole lot of pride in that. And whatever the world's full of, Tends to get in the church, and and people even in faith camps can say, "Well, you know, yeah, I know, you know, forty five scriptures on on that, and I know twenty scriptures on that, and I know this." Yeah, but have you heard from him about this? Have you heard from him? Now he will speak to you through his word, but it's not the whole book at, at one time. It's something right. He, he pinpoints to you, quickens to you. Uh, Deuteronomy 1 talks about this as well. He said, uh, uh, the Lord, verse 42, Deuteronomy 1, 42, the Lord said to me, say to them, go not up, don't fight, I'm not among you, lest you be smitten before your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you wouldn't hear. You rebelled against the commandment of the Lord and went presumptuously up into the hill and the Amorites came out against you and chased you like bees do and destroyed you and you returned and wept before the Lord but he wouldn't hearken to your voice nor give ear to you. He wouldn't listen to you. Why? Well, you know, sometimes people are crying, uh, you know, not because they're repentant, it's because they got caught. Or it's because it didn't work and they're upset. Doesn't mean they're going to change. And the Lord knows that. He knows hearts. Stand on your feet, everybody. 
<laughs> Praise God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Oh, somebody say, Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I want to lead you in a prayer. I believe I perceive in the spirit that this group and those that will join with us later, we are going to become a precision group. Hallelujah. And, and not, uh, not waste our energies and efforts uh, on things that discourage us and, and don't produce, but learn how to be better led by the Spirit. And then when we say it, it happens. And when we pray it, it comes to pass. <laughs> Hallelujah. Precision. In the spirit. Real faith. No pretend. Said out loud, Father God, forgive me for times past that I didn't listen to you, tried to say things or do things you didn't tell me to do. Thank you for your mercy. I submit myself to you. I desire not my will, but your will be done. Thank you. Teach me how to become focused and precise in real faith in you, walking with you. Accomplishing your will in the earth, in my part, in our generation. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Give glory to God.